You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's the Boomer and Carton warm-up show with Alan Jerry. It's just like Boomer and Carton without Boomer or Carton. Good luck with that. All right, good morning. It's Friday. This portion brought to you by ADT. What is up, Albert Duke? Oh, hi, Jerry. How are you, sir? All right? Very good, yes. I was uh, watching. Do you think we're going to see a uh, 30 for 30? You know how they had that one Reggie Miller versus uh, Spike Lee? Yes. Do you think we're going to get a Rihanna versus no. Kevin Durant? I don't, but it was in the enter- future. It was at least entertaining. Now, if you were, and I, Rihanna's not a mediocre celebrity, she's a big celebrity. But if you were a mediocre celebrity, like a Scott Bayo, not to call out Scott Bayo, I'll use bigger celebrity than me, Scott <laughs> Bayo for sure. Great career. Hmm. Why wouldn't you get tickets for like the next the games in Cleveland? Well, why sit courtside and like go after you know taunt LeBron or? Attention, Al. Well, I'm saying you get the attention. Now, all of a sudden, you're being discussed on the Twitter and social media like right. Rihanna was. This is Oh, so you're saying someone else should go do this the yes. other way. I yes, got someone's got to grab those. Rihanna. No, someone's got to grab those uh, seats in Cleveland. Right. And, and do that. do it as well. Yes, because you'll get on television. Although, I don't know. Those have got to be bougie seats. $5,000. $5,000. Don't they have to be? Maybe more. But how does Rihanna get those? She calls somebody. Yeah, but there are, I would think multiple celebrities, you know, Perhaps. big money celebrities would want those Perhaps. seats. they have disposable cash. Where is Golden State? Is that in Oakland? It's in Oakland, yeah. Oracle Arena. It's right, literally right across the street from the Coliseum, I'm pretty sure, if you've ever been out there. You ever go to Oakland? I know you were there for the Super Bowl. That was it. Francisco. You ever go to Oakland? I looked across the water and someone told me that's where the Oakland is. Or I Sausalito. Went, All right. Sausalito? <laughs> that's over another bridge. <laughs> now, why, Jerry, Golden State's always the great, like, when your kids are playing sports trivia, you always go, what team is named for not the city or the state where they play? Right. Golden State. Why is that? I have no idea. Well, you have no answers for me today. <laughs> hey, we played softball last night. I'm oh, tired. we had a game. <laughs> Got, Got it. Uh, it was interesting, though, because with Rihanna sitting there courtside, A, Jeff Van Gundy was, I don't know if you saw this, there was at one point when she was going to her seat, LeBron James had not just a dunk, he had a monster dunk. A massive dunk. And Mike Breen is, you know, oh, the dunk, the two-hand slam, LeBron, blah, blah, blah. And all of a sudden, Jeff Van Gundy, and this is Jeff Van Gundy. This isn't, you know, Jeff Smith, who's never seen, you know, a celebrity before. He goes, I don't know what just happened, but Rihanna just walked right past me. Are you kidding? And Breen's like, you know, stay with the game. He was very excited. It was actually very funny. And she bowed down to LeBron at one point. She was uh, almost got mid-court. It was very Spike Lee-ish, And I guess taunting Durant in his own building. And so Durant was staring at her on numerous, uh, multiple occasions. He hit a three. And then stared stared right at her down. And then uh, here was Durant with a reporter after the game. You shot a three, kind of putting the dagger into him, and you looked toward the crowd toward uh, Rihanna. Uh, was, was that uh, uh, on purpose? Or? 
Or do you remember that? Or? I don't even remember that. <laughs> well, just to let you know, social media is buzzing about Really? Yes. Don't get in that trap. Yeah, bro. I don't get in that <laughs> I'm cool. Have fun with that. That is Steph Curry who was sitting next to him. So that was, that was pretty much the end of that. And then I'll get some audio. Uh, she was walking out of the... Uh, off the floor and through the tunnel, she had something to say as well. So we'll get that for later. Now, people then immediately went uh, to Twitter and were searching to see if Kevin Durant had ever uh, interacted with Rihanna on Twitter. And they got tweets from 2012. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> it's five years ago. Some dude uh, tweeted that he wanted to uh, bite her butt, is the way he wrote it. And Kevin Durant wrote, uh, me too, on Twitter. So that resurfaced. <laughs> There's no way he even remembers doing Any, that. Do you think anybody wears a shirt that says "Bite your butt" when they go to Cleveland? Uh well, that I would. I'm going to uh, recommend Scott Bayo. By the way, that would have been if we can go back a week today. Now that would have been a way to unrobe yourself or unveil yourself but, with a shirt with uh, your face on it that says "Bite your butt." Yeah, but that's just now surfacing as a cool saying, Jerry. So true. So that'll be the future. Kind of like crabs in a bucket. Crabs in a bucket. I like that as well. And dolphin teeth from uh, Bart Scott. Exactly. Uh, Then yesterday I saw uh, during the Met game, Jerry, they had another um, issue with a Met employee, not a player. This was the ball boy who's dressed in a brewer uniform. You know, it's funny you say that. I did not realize that that's a Met employee. Or Bat Boy. I thought the Bat Boys travel with the team. I didn't, or at least they pick different kids for different games. I didn't realize that is actually from the home team. That's the home team, and he's been a Bat Boy uh, for quite a while. Right. And uh, But I guess every series he's got to wear a different team uniform. And he'd gotten in the way of a pop-up, and uh, he was holding his stool. Yeah. And uh, bumped into uh, Wilmer Flores. Mm-hmm. I love that he immediately hightailed it into the dugout. He knew <laughs> I shouldn't be involved. <laughs> Whoops, my bad. In this pop fly. Yeah, he runs out of there. Now, did you think that is uh, an interference? I would have thought so. Yes, I absolutely. And they initially called him out. Yes. So I did not think much of it, and then they changed the call, and I made sure to go in and listen to Howie and Josh uh, on WOR, and they were discussing the fact that. Howie was pretty sure, he wasn't 100% certain, but he was pretty sure that the bat boy is literally part of the field, like an umpire. So if a ball hits him or gets he gets in the way, you got to live with it. Unless he intentionally got in the way. Yes. But you know what? Here's the thing about that. Terry Collins got ejected. A pitch or two later, they hit into an inning-ending double play, so who cares? It was meaningless. It wasn't even it was. in a lot of the highlight packages. Right. Because it, it really was nothing play. Reminded me, though, like in uh, the Phillies played do their spring training in Clearwater. Yeah. Which is the home of Hooters. That's where it all started. Is that true? Yeah. So some during spring training games. Did you frequent that when you lived in Tampa? Uh, there, there was quite a lot of Hooters. Hard to avoid them. I'm sure. Um, nor would you not want to avoid them. That's true, too. They would put Hooters girls uh, as uh, ball boy types uh, down they the line. They still do that in spring training. Yeah, in spring training. Yeah. And sometimes it'd be a screening uh, grounder that goes over the bag and uh, one of the gals would scoop it up. <laughs> And, and then look good doing it, too. Look embarrassed, but no one cares. Cause uh, I do. I'm a, I am a breast guy for sure. All righty. <laughs> when I go there for chicken. <laughs> oh, sure. That's why you go there. That's Stop right, Jerry. It. Did you see at the game? Suckle the breast. Well, that's not going to make it. Yes, Jerry. Did you see at the game yesterday? There was, a, I think Newsday had this story. There was uh, a woman there. She was at her first ever live baseball game. Now, do you remember your first ever baseball a game? A Met game? Yeah, I, I went Any, in 1981. Me too. 
I really? saw the Dodgers and Fernando Valenzuela at Shea Stadium. Were you there what the section same night? You, what section were you in, I was in, in left Jerry? field. I remember I went to a Cardinals game. All right, well, mine was against the Dodgers. I sat in left right. field. I was seven years old. Seven. It was 1981. I actually remember the game. So this woman goes to her first ever game. How old do you think she was? Uh, an older gal, I suppose. Older gal, yes. Uh, she was uh, 92, Jerry. 101. 101. And pretty cool. The Wilpons put her in the front row in their own seats, I guess, so she could enjoy the game. And they asked why. And she's a diehard fan. She's, really? She used to be a Brooklyn Dodger fan. Then she picked up on the Mets when the Dodgers left. And she's got all the you know the history and everything. And somebody said, why is this your first game? She goes, well, I raised eight kids. I didn't have a lot of money. I can't afford to go. I like listening to the radio. And watching on TV. So oh. she went to her one game yesterday at 101 years old. And, of course, they lost. Uh, but she said, I'm good. I did it once. I'm out. I'm going back to the radio and the TV. I thought she was going to complain about, like, traffic. She was not complaining about traffic. Although I don't get the sense she's the one that drove. Because she she could have went uh, back when the, they had the Model Ts. <laughs> or horse and buggy. <laughs> yeah. Just those big giant wheels. By the way, all kidding aside, the stadium. 1917. Were we still running around with horse and buggies as well as certain people having cars? Eddie, when did Ford make those cars? There were... Um, the Model T? Yeah, Model uh, T. Uh, right around that time. Right. Oh, but she could have shown up in a brand ev- new. Not everybody could afford it, though. So I'm sure the horse and buggy was still around, That right? is correct. Right. So she's she was born horse and buggy, and now she's watching games in 2017, not far away from flying cars. I'd love to see her take a flying car out there. If they have flying cars, I'll go. Or back in the day when there were Model Ts and horse and buggies. You like that better? Yeah. Although it'd be great I'm not going out to the stadium. I came out last time and someone had stolen the shoes off my horse. <laughs> so this neighborhood is not great. It's not safe for me. Now, when was Shea built? Also around that time, Eddie, 1975 or something? When was 64? it? 64. Yeah. 64. Oh, so that couldn't happen. World's Fair. Right. The World's uh, that's Fair. right. Exactly. All right. We'll take a quick break. When we come back, a couple of other baseball stories and then Boomer and Carton at the top on the fan. It's the Boomer and Carton warm-up show with Al and Jerry. It's like a podcast on the radio. Soda. Right, welcome back. Boomer and Carton. In just a moment, this portion brought to you by CC's. Warriors beat the Cavaliers 113-91. Take game one NBA Finals. Yankees easy over the Blue Jays 12-2. And the Brewers held off the Mets 2-1. Portion brought to you by CC's. Now at CC's party with bacon stuffed crust and new grilled cheese stuffed crust pizza. Joining the original top with pepperoni on the unlimited buffet. Just five and change at CC's. Prices may vary. A couple of others for you, uh, Al, uh, from baseball. And I only bring this up because we did this about a month ago or so, maybe three, four weeks ago. So Eric Thames, who's on the Brewers, hit a home run, not yesterday, today's Friday, so Wednesday, he hit that home run. It was his first home run in three weeks. Remember when he got off to that red-hot start and they drug-tested him like three times in five days? And he said he had plenty of urine and blood. Correct. So he hadn't homered in three weeks, and in those three weeks, he was not drug-tested. Oh. He homered Wednesday, and guess who was waiting for him? (laughs) Came off the field. We need some blood and urine. But it's random. Oh. I mean, come on. Pretty goofy. And we got a little more information about Mr. Med. It turns out uh, people were hitting him with your mama jokes of some sort. So, And his mom is not doing well or something, or he's a touchy oh, situation with his mom. Then he should have went and punched him in the face for getting yeah. the finger. I'm pretty sure it's probably that guy who says he was only looking for a high five. You think? I mean, come on. You just starting to figure that out now? Right. Or well, Mr- maybe there was nothing going on, and Mr. Med needed an excuse for why he snapped. No. Well, guy, uh, Matt, well, by uh, the way. Only There's no two way. Met know. fans were heckling Mr. Yeah. Met, which is a disgrace. Hey, your mom's got a Met. big hit ball for a head. <laughs> you think they heckle the Philly fanatic in Philadelphia? Yes. No, they don't. 
No, of they don't. Love they, the do. they love the fanatic. There's no way. And Met fans love Mr. Met. Not all. You got no, some moron then, Met fans screaming love the Philly fanatic. And your mom wants to have a C-section. Look at your big... Hey, who who ripped who off? <laughs> Mr. Met rip off that uh, dude on the Reds who runs around with the big uh, baseball head? I believe head. Mr. Met was the first. Then the Met Reds ripped him off. Mascot. I believe he was the first baseball mascot. I'm pretty no, sure. No, 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 I'm no. Pretty oh, yeah. San Diego chicken pre- I don't Mr. think Matt. so. No, he, no Mr. I don't Matt think goes so. back Mr. to the Matt 60s. Is the, I think Matt goes the back to the beginning. Mascot. Mascot. Goes almost all the way back to 61, don't yeah. they, doesn't he? I'm pretty sure he's the first one. Yeah. That's the original guy still in the costume from 61, Jerry. Yeah, and he would be Why, with so the woman who was there who's 102 yesterday. All right, here's Boomer and Craig on the fan. o'clock. Nice job, Eddie Scazzeri. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Boomer Esiason, Craig Carton. Flashback. It's Friday. Holla! Tom Izzo here for another installment of the Boomer and Carton Show, Flashback Friday. For today's flashback, we revisit the guys on their first ever week of shows live from the Super Bowl. We also get a glimpse of what it's like in the early days traveling along with Captain Chaos. So we take you back to some travel tips with Boomer and Carton live from the Super Bowl, February 1st, 2008. Up, listen. Stop, stop changing the subject, all right? It you, always goes, you brought it up. I'm just telling you, I think that Super Bowl, I think yeah. they had the roof closed because I think it was raining in Houston that week. Okay. And then last year, I mean, it rained the entire game, but it was obviously an outdoors, you know. Yeah, you know, that was in Miami. Right. And that, that wasn't uh, a very comfortable uh, Super Bowl either. So they will, I think, really consider keeping the roof closed for this Super Bowl. So under 50, I'm guaranteed maybe a nice balmy 68 in a seat a section 444. Yeah, you might be. There you go. I'm I will. surprised you didn't try to swing your way into the uh, the radio bus. Oh, I'm going to, 100%. There's, there's no <laughs> doubt about it. I figure you're going to show up somewhere. I've got one line. pass for that, but i got to somehow get a second pass. You know, I have a wife out here. Yeah, so I'm going to be trading tickets for passes a little bit later on today. That's, oh, my, that's my little goal. You're not taking care of Mr. French over here. He's got. He's in. Al Dukes oh, is oh, in. Al Duke has got a pass. Al Dukes has a, a minute, pass. Wait a minute. Hold on. Al Dukes. Wait a minute. Get your microphone on, Al. Yes. You okay? <laughs> <laughs> wait a minute. He's such an amateur. I, he is. <laughs> wait a minute. Why, why do you have a pass to the game, Al Dukes? Why, I mean, you're a producer of a morning radio show. Yeah, WFAN. The biggest, morning radio show. Yeah, boy. very big uh, radio show, New York City. So, yeah, I need to be there. Are you like a sports guy now? Well, yeah. I mean, I'll be covering this game uh, along with all the other media and the international media. <laughs> I just hope I don't get pushed aside because I'm not a quote on air guy. By the way, his, his press box seat's going to be behind a, a pole. <laughs> <laughs> I picture me in a room with a TV, like a bunch of scrub <laughs> right. guys like myself and a Television. Like all the Japanese media, the Venezuelan media, and there's Al Dukes in the right. middle of it. Domo arigato. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see. We'll see what trade. But well, you know what? You guys are just you guys well, are a piece I, of work. Really, that's a piece of work. I'm, I'm sitting like the average fan. I'm going to be in the four. You, you I'm gotta, on nosebleeds for I this know, game. You got a media pass, but you guys, you too, right here. Uh-huh. You know, when this whole thing started back in September, I just figured that something would, you know, like you guys would cling on and, and figure out ways to get into things. And you, by the way. I you, host a you. morning show no, on the no, no, How no. am I swinging my way into something? You, you. I heard what? a couple of things that you've done. What have I done? I was told by a little birdie yesterday. Yeah, go right ahead. That little birdie was standing next to you when you were trying to get into a hotel. And you were dropping the old, I work with Boomer in the morning. Oh, on stop. WFN. I need an upgrade. Incorrect. 
Are you sure about that? Incorrect. Are you sure about that? I know the story you're talking about. It's Minnesota, <laughs> and I didn't say your name at all. I happen to be a Starwood Preferred Points member, so the hotel we stayed at was a Starwood Hotel, and I said, where's the guaranteed upgrade? That's there was no I work with Boomer Science. No, no, I, I actually never happened that once in my life. No, by no, the way, no, no, time, time out for a second. Yeah, listen, I, I feel like a cheesecake moment coming on here. No, no, I go, I check in. You know what I'm talking about the cheesecake moment? Yes, when I I said uh, you know, I'm calling for my boss credit card <laughs> and he needs a table at the cheesecake factory <laughs> and he ain't waiting two hours to get a burger. But in Minnesota, we check in. It was a Starwood property. I happen to be a Starwood member. I points mm-hmm. right. And I merely said, and Al Dukes will verify this, because he was standing next to me. I go, where's the upgrade? And she goes, there is no upgrade. <laughs> and I go, uh, excuse, excuse me, excuse me. Starwood guarantees me an upgrade. Uh, no, I work with Did Boomer, I ever drop WFN? Boomer's name? No, but he's done this at every hotel on the Thank Monday you. night trip. You've first, he's just, uh, first he says, uh, that's a suite, yes? Yeah. <laughs> and they say, <laughs> no. No, that's, that's a regular room with it. What's the matter with you? you know- Boomer and Carton Show producer. Al Dukes. I do have to mentally prepare for a trip with Craig because I know there's going to be a lot of chaos, and I'm somebody who likes things super organized, and when things are a little bit chaotic, it makes me a little crazy. So when I travel with Craig, I sort of just surrender to Craig, and I just kind of follow along and do whatever it is he does uh, with the various travel plans, booking flights, changing flights, uh, booking a car to pick us up, then changing that at the last minute, grabbing an Uber, that sort of thing. Craig used to do a thing on the road when we would go on the Monday night road trips with Boomer when he would do those uh, football games and Craig and I would tag along. Uh, Craig used to do a thing when we would check into a hotel. He would uh, ask if uh, there was an upgrade or if there was a, if uh, they had his suite available, even though he didn't book a suite. Uh, but that was the early days of the show. He's gotten much bougier over the years. Now he just books a suite right off the bat. No haggling. Uh, Boomer and Craig don't really have any special arrangements that they need. They are actually very easy to travel with. Although I will tell you this. Uh, one time we were going down to Atlantic City, and when I arrived at check-in, Craig had arrived uh, earlier than me. But as I was checking in, I heard people clamoring, has Mr. Carton gotten his olives yet? That was an actual conversation I heard. People running back and forth to see if Mr. Carton had received his olives. I don't like a lot of the live shows that we do on location, but I do love the Super Bowl week. Number one, we park ourselves in one city for the week. Uh, Number two, the show is normally in the lobby or... Um, of the hotel where we're actually staying at. So I get up, shower, walk downstairs, don't even walk outside, and I'm bam, right at the show. So I like that. Uh, The shows are booked with guests, so there's really not much to do each day. And I get to meet uh, guys that I watched when I was a little kid playing uh, football. I have used a press pass a couple of times during the Super Bowl, but because there's so much press that get press passes, they actually just give me a seat in the stadium. They normally uh, reserve a small section of the stadium for uh, extra press people, of which I am considered an extra press person, quote-unquote non-essential. But it's nice enough that they give me a seat. Uh, That's what I normally do. I'm not a big fan of going to the Super Bowl, though. I know that sounds crazy. I've left at half times of Super Bowls. You know, I need to get back to the hotel because I get up at 2 o'clock in the morning. So I can't even really enjoy a Super Bowl. 
What's the matter with you? You know, here's the deal. You, gotta you, try. you are the common man. I understand all that. If you ain't trying, you're dying. Uh, but I understand, I understand that you're the common man and all that. That's fine. But, you know, the bottom line here is when you turn the lights off, yes. it doesn't matter if you're in a suite you know, or in a, it's in a, a closet. It's a conceptual thing where if I can somehow in my mind get a little more. Feel like you're important? No, no, no. That's not what it is. I'm paying X amount of dollars no matter what. Right. So my feeling is that when you're on the road, you go for it. All right, so let me ask you and this if, question. How do you know you don't find a nice gal behind the desk who goes, an upgrade? Of course we'll upgrade you. Here's a suite. Why not? Why not? Why not live in the life of luxury for 24 hours? I don't get to do that. So given the fact that you were complaining about your flight, that that didn't work when you got to the airport the other day and asked for the upgrade into first class. No, well, the problem is that the flight was oversold, and I didn't complain about the flight. The people sitting next to me complained that I had my tushy pillow <laughs> on my face. You know, I wasn't complaining. I mean, it was, but I had these little four-year-old kids in front of me kicking my seat every five minutes. It's one thing if it's your kids, it's fine. Oh, they're so cute and precocious. When it's someone else's kids, you know, you're miserable about it. Right. Then the kid's crying. His ears are popping. Uh, the so basically, <clears throat> basically, you got shut down. You you did not get the upgrade. For uh, the probably, flight. You that probably, is correct. I did, coach, you, as you, you know. You, you did not get the stretch helmet or pick you up at the airport. You did not get the uh, the upgrade at the at the hotel here in Phoenix. Well, I'm in all suites Marriott anyway. Oh, you are? So, I mean, every room's a suite. Oh, yes. nice. So, that's, that's the way that you, know, you don't have to worry about an upgrade then. Uh, no, the, there's no upgrade. Every room's exactly the same. You got, of course, I could you have got a refrigerator the, in there? I do. Of course, I could have had the poolside room and not heard P. Diddy rapping all night. Right. But I took the street side view like an idiot and all night. <laughs> so there you go. Very, but a very interesting trip for me so far. But I'm sitting without a pillow right now. so that's Very a nice. So you're actually turning the corner. Yeah, I believe that I am. Yes. I believe that I am. That's yes. good. Uh, talk to me after my six-hour flight home on Monday, <laughs> and I'll let you know. Uh, we got lots to do. It's all about you today on the phones, 718-937-6666. That'll do it for part one of Flashback Friday. Wow. Oh, 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 and there's more. Oh, keep going. For part two, we have a reunion of one of the most iconic sports talk duos in radio history. Sort of. Co-host of Geo and Jones on the CBS Sports Network, Greg Giannotti drops in to join Craig for a reunion we've all been waiting for. December 4th, 2015. Sports Radio 
Uh, he, uh, I like him now because I'm going to go to MSG. Uh, but yeah, so I, I don't, I didn't want to do it. I, I don't like you. You're never on the air. I didn't know you were alive. My own okay. Soccer in my preemptive show, Radio City. Uh, <laughs> Hey, uh, better get it uh, preempted from uh, Bundesliga soccer than uh, to be on the uh, satellite. Hey. UEFA, does that like that? Hey, wait a second, wait a second, My wait a second. Tell, tell everybody, even though we've come together 19 other times, why this is the first reunion of the Farthing Nugent special. I, uh, and I'm, I'm here now for Mons. What is that, Mons? We have now crashed. We have crashed the Obamacare website. We right. have done that. We have the, crashed the, every website. Every website is now down in America Michael, because of the I can't tickets. Get on RedTube.com because we made an announcement. Hey, hey, no pornos on the show. Two and a half hours. Me and you, we're gonna hate each other in nineteen minutes. Oh, uh, we, we will pretend we like each other, and uh, and that's what we're gonna do. Yeah, we're gonna you do still it. Talk to horses with better parcels. It's gonna be great. Hey, hey, at least I'm talking to somebody. Okay, uh, Radio Nowhere. Okay, uh, wait a second. Okay, Springsteen. Now don't, 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 don't. Match with Springsteen. <laughs> Boomer and Carton Show button pusher, the Eddie Scazzeri. Greg Giannotti was a former intern uh, for WFAN. I had his resume, and he had expressed interest, and I called him, and I believe he was at Shea Stadium with his mom, and uh, he answered the phone, and I guess uh, he might say that sort of changed his life from that moment on. Uh, I am taking credit for uh, Greg Giannotti's career, Uh, and then subsequently his marriage and any children that he may have. I don't exactly remember how this Mike and the Mad Dog reunion uh, came to be. Greg was probably here doing some fill-in shows in December. Uh, I think he was still working in Pittsburgh at the time, but he used to come back here and fill in. And Craig probably knew through either me or Al that Greg did a great impersonation of Mike. And he saw him and said, uh, hey, let's do this, probably because the announcement about the official reunion had just come about. The idea for it almost certainly was Craig's, uh, as most of the things like this are. Um, he probably just saw Greg in the hallway and said, hey, let's, let's do this. Let's do it right now, because that's just the way Captain Chaos works. Greg does a fantastic mic impersonation, not just the sort of tonal quality, but the, the patterns of speech, the sayings, everything, he's got it all on lockdown. And Greg is also extremely smart, so he can use all those skills he has with impersonations um, and sort of use his smarts and just say sort of crazy or funny things and just make it, pull it off beautifully. Greg was a huge fan of Mike and the Mad Dog, as we all are, except maybe Craig, and he just grew up with it and just knew it so well and has the skill to do impersonations as well. So a true fan is uh, one who really could pull that off, and, and that is Greg. And typically, after we do uh, something like this, there was no reaction from management whatsoever. It's like we are operating in a vacuum. Uh, hey, uh, this is what we're going to do. I'm going to lead the show, okay? I'm going to do it. And you will talk when I tell you to talk. Michael, I talk all the time nonstop because nobody hears it anymore. <laughs> it's going to be fantastic. Hey, wait a second. Let me talk. Let me tell the and people. Mike and the Mad Dog reunion.
in. Buy tickets now. We're going to sell it out. We had Five dollars a ticket. We had Francesca Khan, okay, and they I, said they said they wanted uh, they wanted dog, and I said okay, you know this is what they want. It was amazing. A lot of now, people. Now, Michael, there. will you go on the morning show to promote the big event? We have a morning show. What morning show? What the morning? Uh, the uh, the Bloomer and Carton. I don't listen to morning guys. I don't know anything about the morning guys. Okay, I don't know the morning guys. I've never heard of the morning. They talk guys. about you all the time, Michael. I don't know that they. I never heard. I, as far as I'm concerned, I miss. We still have I miss on the air. Neil Best, who works for you, said that the morning guys have been on for nine years. Now, I, I don't know. The, people tell me they come up to me. They say, "Did you hear this? Did you hear that?" And I said, "No, I don't hear it. I don't know. I don't know morning guys. I don't know a boomer. I, I've heard of him. Okay, I've heard of him. Uh, but the other guy, don't know the other guy. Don't know him. Don't know we have a morning show." Uh, that's what I heard. People come up to me. They don't know what they're doing. Hey, they don't know what they're Journey doing. Journey said he's the guy, though. You're going to like him a lot. This is the longest I've gone without taking a call. <laughs> anyway. Uh... <laughs> hey, Michael, what do you think about the pig spanking? Uh... It's so desperate for attention. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. I don't, I don't get it. Uh, you know, and you know what? I invented the pig many years ago. I was the man who came up with the idea for the pig. What was the pig before the pig? Uh, it was my idea. I said, listen, we should have a pig. We should be able to cut many pieces of this animal up, and we should Joe be able to eat Evan it. Joe and tell me that they think Kobe Bryant is good as Jenny West. Oh, they're crazy. They're crazy. Wait a second. Who says that? Who says that? I mean, uh, uh, hey, hey. Michael, I mean, it just makes you crazy. Michael, uh, your mic is not on. <laughs> hey. <laughs> I'm just yelling unnecessarily. I don't know why. All of a sudden, I'm just yelling at somebody. Hey. What am I doing? Michael, yes. remember the time we sat in a hotel room and you explained horse whispering to me? Yeah, I, uh, of course. I explained everything to you. Uh, you are an idiot, okay? <laughs> and and we all know this. Everybody knows this, okay? I know it. You know it. You're a moron. And uh, you made a horrible decision by leaving the program. And, and any time that you need attention, you come uh, calling to me or you go to race me. Michael, there was once a story about a young pianist. His name was Evan Roberts. Sebastian Bach. Uh, they made a movie out of him. They uh, called it Amadeus. Uh, hey! Hey! Here I go again. I can't hold back. I can't stop myself from yelling. Co-host of Gio and Jones, Greg Giannotti. It was Craig's idea to do the bit. I actually didn't even know what he wanted to do until he came up to me after my show that ends at 9. Of course, Boomer and Carton go till 10. He said, I need you for something. So I really didn't have any clue what he wanted me for. I just went into the studio and, and winged it. I was happy that the the object of ridicule wasn't me that day, but rather Mike and the Mad Dog, and sort of just went with it from there. Very spontaneous. Totally caught off guard. That's what Craig tends to do. And it's a compliment in a way because... He knew that I could go in there and, and handle that at that moment and, and, and improv with him doing Mad Dog and, and me doing Mike, regardless of the time I had to prep. So I was happy that he thought that much of our ability to do that on the spot to just drag me in there after my show ended and, and give it a go. The feedback was very, very positive. I remember Boomer laughing a lot, Craig being very happy about it, walking out into the newsroom. You're sort of buried on CBS Sports Radio where I am now. You almost, like, don't exist in New York. So anytime I do something on WFAN, 
you get a lot of people that'll pop out and go, oh, who is this guy or what is he doing? And oh, this uh, this person who was once invisible is now uh, real and living and, and doing something that I'm enjoying. So I did get a lot of positive feedback. Uh, so that's always good to see. And also on, on Twitter, of course, anytime that you do a Mike and the Mad Dog impersonation, people are going to love it. I don't think that my Mike Francesa impersonation is even close to the best one that I do. It's probably Joe Beningo is the best one. Uh, so I don't really think that highly of it. But the key element in making people laugh with it, which is more important than anything, is, is, is content, of course. I mean, you got to be able to say some of the stuff that Mike says. But for me, it's also the spontaneous yelling where he goes from very, very quiet to, wait a second, wait a second. What are you talking about? Listen, listen, you listen, think, hit, come on now, wait a second. Wait a second, get lost, get lost. I can't take any more of this babble, okay? You know, that, where I think that was part of that bit where he'd just be talking, okay, that's what we're doing. Oh, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. Hey, mods, wait a second. So that's really basically all you need to do to, to make people laugh and repeat things a lot. If you repeat things over and over again, that is also the essence of that impersonation. I absolutely was a fan of Mike and the Mad Dog. It's the reason why I'm doing what I'm doing. If it wasn't for Mike and Chris, I probably wouldn't have ever gotten to this business. And when I do these impersonations, whether it's Dog or Mike, yeah, you make fun of them. You find the idiosyncrasies in what they say and what they do, and you sort of highlight that to make people laugh. But I've got the ultimate respect in the world for those two guys as talk show hosts. They are they're the best, and, and, and they're the reason why I'm doing this more than any any group of people out there. Shortly after this happened on the air, where I did the mic impersonation with Craig, I went to the wedding of Chris McMonigle, who is the board operator for Mike. And at the cocktail hour, I turn around and I see Mike and his lovely wife, Ro. And they were, of course, uh, right there picking the crackers and the cheese and the, the fun things that were out there that everybody was eating. And I turned around and said, I got to say hi to Mike and Roe. I got to do this. So I, I say hello, and I'd never met Roe in person um, and never sat there and, and, and spoke to her. I spoke to her on the newsroom phone a couple times when I was a producer, and I introduced myself. Hello, Roe. My name's Greg Giannotti. It's a pleasure to meet you. And she held on to my hand and continued to shake it and said, Greg Giannotti. Greg Giannotti. Oh, you're the one who did the Mike impersonation the other day. So at that point, I, I completely stomach just dropped through my ass. And I'm thinking, this is not going to be good. She's going to hate me. I didn't paint Mike in a good light. This is not going to be a good thing at all. And then she quickly started to smile and said, you did a great job. I thought that was really funny. And then right at that moment, Mike said, I didn't hear it. <laughs> Which is classic hit. I didn't hear it. I don't know what he did. I didn't hear it. Okay, I didn't hear it. Hey! I didn't hear it. So I'll never forget that moment where I thought Roe was going to lambaste me in front of my wife and others at that cocktail party. Okay, we're back. So enjoy it March 30th at Radio City as Mike and Chris get together for the 23rd time. But this time it's special because it's for Dreams of a Garden. That's right. Uh, that's what we're going to do. Gardens of Dreams. Garden, actually, Garden it's of actually dreams. one of the great charities in New York City that the Garden and Jim Dolan started. And uh, that's Greg Giannotti, 
who uh, is new to radio, um, <laughs> but is here a part of, a, I guess, an, an internship trying to get on radio. That's right. And we're, we're wishing you the very best of luck in, the, in those endeavors. You know, Jerry Reckon's got a school. <laughs> for guys like you that want, that want to be on the radio. Oh, thank you. No, so, I appreciate it. Yeah. Hey, listen, I am really, really big in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. That's what I'm talking about. I'll tell you guys right now, that was pretty funny. That was very enjoyable. Wow. Very enjoyable. Michael, remember the time we did that, the quarterback show with Boomer? <laughs> and like a little wimp, he showed up on Fridays. Uh, remember the time that you had the guts to quit in front of anybody and you faxed in your resignation letter from a place in the Jersey Shore? Remember that? Remember that? Remember that, Dad? Remember that? I was at Headliners. <laughs> I remember we didn't talk for two months. I remember I was not talking to you, Michael, because you were not talking to me. I, uh, you know, I don't even, I, I, I don't like anybody. I don't like to talk to anybody. I don't like you. I've never heard of you. I don't like anybody, and I don't know who the morning guys are. We're back. <laughs> uh, anyway, good seeing you, Greg. <laughs> Thanks Our for coming in. It's going to go over yeah. really well in the hallways at WFA. Yeah, I think uh, <laughs> yes. that'll probably be replayed a few times. <laughs> good to see you, Gregor. Good job. Amen. And there you have it. A reunion that was everything we could have hoped for. That'll wrap it up for this Flashback Friday. Hope you enjoyed it. I'm Tom Izzo, and you stay classy. If you enjoyed this segment, please do us a favor. Tell your friends! Tell your friends! Now, you're out, dudes. Boomer, if the Jets make the playoffs, I'll whistle Dixie in my Speedo across the Brooklyn Bridge. It ain't gonna happen. All right? Rack that. You can rack it all you want. I mean, that's the safest thing I've ever said in my life. Jets making the playoffs. Give me a break. Craig was weary. Playoff hopes were small. Get your banana hammock. We're going to have a ball. Balls have got to be like rocks out there. We're on your side. The walk will be tough. Band-aids on the nipples. Nipples. And mascots all around. Walk the bridge in a tiny speedo. You said the Jets had no shot. Walk the bridge in a tiny speedo. You shouldn't have opened your mouth. Total nubbage. Come on now, wait a second. Wait a second. Get lost, get lost. I can't take any more of this babble. Okay? 